one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, 
true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins.
Settling on your mind and getting your heart. Trust Him. If you will learn to trust Him and give, just just let Him have it. I don't know what it is, but let Him have it. He can do a miracle as much as making honey come from a rock if necessary. Amen. But you got to trust Him. You know what we do? We try to do everything that we can do, and that's not necessarily bad, but as long as you're not doing things that get in his way. Because the moment you start to get in his way, then you're trying to be God when he's trying to be God. Trust him. And let him be the amazing, wonderful, faithful God that he is. He is going to provide. He is going to make a way. He is going to see you through. Amen. Trust him. Amen. 
about, about, about this, just, just for a moment. I want you to have just a, a, a little time with him. I believe he's here with us. The Bible says when two or three gather in his name, there he is among them. Amen? And say, Lord, you know what? I've got some things going on. It's not easy. I've got some things that, if need be, I need some honey from the rock. I, I need a miracle. But you know what, Lord, I trust you. Just, just let them know, Lord, I trust you. And I'm going to stop flailing about. I'm going to stop trying to do it my way. And I'm not going to worry anymore. I'm not going to be anxious anymore. I'm not going to spend sleepless nights trying to figure it out and wonder. But if I'm, I'm going to find rest in my soul because I trust you. And Lord, we trust you because we simply believe who you say you are. The things the Bible says about you, we believe those things. As lofty and high as you are, we believe you're lofty and high. As great and deep as your love, the Bible says it is, I believe that great and deep is your love. As the Bible testifies that you are faithful even to a thousand generations, I believe you're faithful to a thousand generations. That the Bible testifies that there's nothing greater than this world than you. I believe there's nothing greater in this world than you. There's nothing too big. There's nothing too hard. There's nothing too devastating. That you are still not God. So Lord, we trust you. Oh, Jesus, we trust you. Come on, give those things to him. Just let him know. You speak it out, Lord. Lord, I, I give you this. I hand this over to you. Lord, this thing's been bugging me. Please, just take that burden from me. Lord, this thing I can't figure out, Lord, Lord, have that burden. Lord, the struggle that I've been going through, Lord, Lord, take that burden. Lord, help me. For you are the great I am. And there is no other. We look to nothing other than you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. And I worship you. Let's worship you. We praise you, Jesus, and we worship you. Hands lifted across this place. We're like little children reaching up to our Father. Lord, pick us up and carry us. Keep us close, Lord. Even if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are right there with us. You never leave us. You don't forsake us. You don't forget about us. You don't get distracted from us. You are right here. We thank you, Lord. Worthy is your name. Wonderful. Powerful. Incredible. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. 
see, how many of you had something that you were giving over to him? Let me see, anybody in the house? Okay. Do you believe he's got it? Huh? Do you believe that? Why don't you thank him? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for bearing my burdens. Thank you for helping me. Oh, Lord. Thank you. And I praise you and I worship you this morning. Oh, Jesus. you can rest in me. Well, he will say to you this morning, speak to the mountain and it will move. For he will say to you this morning that your future is in me. Come find rest for your soul. I will take your burden and replace it with something that is easy, something that is light. To bring joy to your soul. Assuredness for your days. For I am the God that healeth thee. I am the God that watches over you. I am the God that is with you in every waking moment. I am the God who cares.
keep seeing the Lord with his hands. Not, maybe it's because of the song. He has good plans. I don't know. But his hands are in a circle like this. And he's looking through his hands, and he sees you. And only you, right? Just like this. I said, God, what does that mean? And what he's saying is, he's sizing you up. That's what I kept getting. He's sizing you up. Now, normally, folks try to size you up when they want to fight you. Does God want to fight you? No. But here's the problem. You're fighting him. He says, they're fighting me. And Judah, they're, they're no match for me. Listen, today, know that if you're fighting the Lord, you're no match for him. Just stop fighting him and come into his love because he has good plans for your life. And all of those things that you're trying to hold on to, they've already been nailed to the cross. All of your anxiety has been nailed to the cross. All of your shame has been nailed to the cross. He took all of it. Don't you remember? He nailed all your sin to the cross. Everything that you keep bucking against him with. He's saying, listen, you're no match for me. So go ahead and just give in. Let me win because he's never lost. He's never lost a battle and he's not going to change with you. Amen. He's here for us. He's here because he loves us. He said, just stop fighting me and come love me. Just stop looking for food everywhere else and just come to the one who's holding a stake in his hands and I'll give you all the food you want. I'll give you everything you desire as long as you're following me. All those desires that we had were nailed to the cross a long time ago. Stop fighting with God. Amen.
Amen. I said amen. amen. All right. It's good to see you this morning. If you have tithe and offering to prepare, you can get that ready. Offering envelopes are in the chairs in front of you. Um, if not, wave your hand around and one of the uh, ushers will help you out. They also have prayer cards, by the way. We love to pray. We're a pray first church. And um, I encourage you, if you have a prayer need, also raise your hand up and, and ask for one of those and they will uh, get you a prayer card and we will join together in faith with that Monday night at Churchwide Prayer. They'll pray over it and also I will during the week too. So uh, just ask for a prayer card and turn it into myself or one of the ushers and um, uh, they'll take care of that. But as you're preparing your, your tithe and your offering, I just want to say real quick, um, I appreciate your faithfulness and your giving and your dedication to the church. Everything that happens, happens because of you. And, and we also believe that God uh, does above and beyond what we think could happen with what comes in. And God does, uh, multiplies in ways that, that are beyond our understanding. So we thank you for your giving. And we believe that God is uh, helping use it to establish his kingdom in so many different ways. So let, let me pray over it, Lord. We thank you. Uh, we come today with uh, the fullness of our hearts and uh, our faith in you, uh, you are just so wonderful. And we thank you for the provision in our life, the increase in our life, the, the ways you've provided uh, for us. And, and we give today uh, in response to that. To you, are, you are so worthy of everything that we do, our praise and our worship, our fellowship, our giving. It, it, you are just so worthy of all of it. So Lord, as we give today, we just continue that life of faith that you've called us to. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. We all say... Amen. Let me, let me hit you with some announcements real quick. Um, don't forget, always, as always, Monday nights from 6 to 7 right here is church-wide prayer. And, if, and if, you, if you've been around us a little bit and you haven't figured this out yet, we're a Pray First Church, and we take time to pray. We believe in the power of prayer, not because of prayer itself, but because we pray to an all-powerful God. And uh, every Monday from 6 to 7, we gather uh, here. Uh, several people come together, and, and we spend an hour in praying uh, over, over different things together that we believe are, are so important. Uh, so anyways, if you've never been to a church-wide prayer, come on out. Uh, it's tomorrow from 6 to 7. Uh, a couple extra things real quick. Uh, all October, we're heading into October. I almost said August. That was last month. October. All right, so October, I think, is after next Sunday. We're into October the week after. October the 15th, Sunday night at 6 o'clock, we have, and it's been a while, uh, but we will get back to having these more consistently. We have a youth hangout squared. So what we do is the second and fourth Wednesdays of the month, we have youth hangout during church. But then uh, every now and then on a Sunday night, we have a service dedicated just to the youth where they're here in the sanctuary, they have worship, they have a word uh, like a, a service. And, and we want to dedicate that time to them. So that's October 15th at 6 o'clock right here, Youth Hangout Squared. It'll be time, there'll be some food for them, uh, some fun things, but also some worship in the Word. So write that down for your 5th to 12th grader and have them invite some friends out for that. It'll be a, a, a great time. Uh, then for the ladies, all the ladies in the house, we have the women's annual bonfire, October the 28th, which uh, is exactly a month from right now. Uh, it's a little later in the year, usually the middle of October, so you guys are going to have to bring your, you know, heavier uh, whatever you're going to wear there. But it's a bonfire they hang out. It is at the Brown residence this year. 
at 6 p.m. And uh, there'll be more details coming as we head towards that. But mark it down, Ladies Bonfire, October uh, the 28th. And also, uh, small groups are so important to us. If you want information about jumping aboard and being part of a small group, uh, they're listed on the back board back there. If you, if you have a name but you're not sure who they are, come see me. I'll introduce you to them. But small groups are very important to who we are. We're not a, a church that does small groups. Small groups are actually part of our foundation. So we believe in relationships. Uh, there is an avenue to help find freedom, and it's a place of, of not only fellowship, but discussion and, and things like that. So if you're interested in a small group, you're not a part of one, we have, I think, four or five that, that meet regularly. Let me know, and we'll hook you up. And having said that, there's a small group meeting today. That's Joy Fellowship, tonight at 5 o'clock, downstairs in the basement. And if you have one uh, information about Joy Fellowship you can see uh, Bill and Patsy about that. Wave your hand around, Bill and Patsy, so everybody knows who you uh, you are. And last but not least, um, we've been uh, telling you a little bit about something from Samaritan's Purse uh, that can, uh, what is it? It's, it's the shoebox for the children. I'm sorry, I lost my brain thought there for a second. Uh, and what, what it is, is Bill or somebody, somebody, Sawyer, go run and grab one of those uh, green and red shoeboxes for me real quick. Here, here's something that uh, we'll just let you know about this in case you'd like to participate in this. Um, Samaritan's Purse is an operation uh, that every year, among a lot of different things they do, they send shoeboxes full of toys to kids in need. Uh, and what goes with that is the gospel. And uh, there's all sorts of information. I'm not going to get into it. It's just so much. But if you want more information about this, you can see Bill and Patsy. But at the back table, there's a bunch of information about what goes in the shoebox, what it's going to cost you to get it shipped, and all that kind of stuff. So if you're interested in that, uh, see Bill and Patsy. And before you go grab a shoebox, see them, because they may be limited in how many of these have, because there's actually a sign-up sheet uh, for uh, getting involved in this. But we do have a video just to let you know, know a little bit more about it. So, Justice, if you'll play that video real quick. boxes to the children. We have canoes, we have what we call a donkey car, and we also have trucks. And then we have humans that are carrying the gift boxes to different places. My name is Grace. I'm the logistics coordinator for Operation Christmas Child Namibia. I am responsible for ensuring that the gift boxes get into the country and into the hands of the children. When the gift boxes arrive at the port, inspection is done by the customs officials. We always prepare prayerfully so that the hearts of the customs officials are kind and soft towards the projects. Once the customs officials clear the gift boxes, then the gift boxes get to be released. Once the gift boxes are released, we load them onto the trucks. The trucks transport the gift boxes to the different regions. The regional teams receive the gift boxes, and that's how the ministry partners receive the gift boxes, and then they get to distribute the gift boxes to the children. So this whole process involves a lot of volunteers, and it involves a lot of dedication. 
Our prayer request is for the safety of everybody that is involved in transporting the gift boxes, for God to bless them and for them not to give up helping us in this process. One more information about that, see Bill and Patsy, and you can get involved in reaching some kids uh, across the world with uh, the good news of Jesus. Amen. All right, if you've got your Bibles, get them out. Second Peter uh, chapter number one. Uh, and also, one more thing, at the back board, there's a community meeting tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at the Champaign County Community Center. It concerns some issues that will be on the ballot this November uh, apparently, uh, and this comes from Pete Yost, uh, some important things. So if you want more information about that, there's a, there's a paper on the backboard that has all the details. You can go read it if you're interested, but you can check that out. Okay, I'm finally done with the announcements. Second Peter chapter 1, we're in a series, Shelter from the Storm. And uh, I believe that uh, as the world is as it is, that your family should be a shelter from the storm. We know, we know that sin is out there doing what sin does. We know that the enemy is out there doing what the enemy does. Amen. It's just, it's just the reality of the situation. And, and I think some people uh, have uh, concerns, maybe even that rolls into some worries about what is happening in society uh, the kind of things that are out there, the entrapments of the enemy. Uh, we know that he has schemes and plans, and he looks for whom he may devour, right? And we have concerns for our loved ones. If you're married, you're concerned for your spouse. If you have kids, concerned for your kids. If you have grandkids, for your grandkids. Uh, hopefully, you're concerned for your friends. We have concerns, and those concerns are legitimate, but what I keep telling you, and I really want you to get this in your heart, have concerns, but don't be afraid. And there's a difference there. Have concerns, good. Be afraid, not good. Because God has not only overcome these things, he defeated these things at the cross, amen, but our life in him is a reflection of that work. Now, I understand those things can make their way in. Those things can uh, grab foothold. They can grab strongholds. I understand but if you live in him, I believe that he is going to see you through. But you have to have a mentality that your family, and, and, and we kind of say this kind of offshoot from that because uh, people have different situations, your friendships, your church should be a shelter from the storm of the things around us. The Antichrist is at work in this world right now and has been. First John says that. But yet, even though he is at work, our family can be a shelter from the storm. And that's a mentality you must work on. And I, I, let me say some things that I, that I kind of brought up, but let me bring them up again. Your home, and everybody has a home. Who has a house? Okay, everybody lives in a house. Now, again, your situation of your house may be different than other people, but whatever you consider your home, you set the culture of your home. Amen. And you have to take responsibility for the culture that is in your home. And, and you've got to think about it. You've got to uh, be prayerful about it. That your family, your home, 
is a shelter from the storm. And the first week we talked about this, I made this comment. I know that this, this popped up a couple times after I said it. How about instead of fighting with your spouse, you start fighting for your spouse? And there's a big difference there. Amen? Instead of fighting with your spouse, why don't you fight the devil? <laughs> That's a worthy adversary. I understand you'll fight with your spouse. I get it. But if you're fighting for your spouse, when you fight with your spouse, that'll go a lot differently. Matter of fact, I'll say this. This is what I was trying to get to, bringing this back up again. If you are fighting for your spouse, guess what you're going to do? You're going to delight in your spouse. You're going to look forward to coming home. You're going to look forward to spending time with them. Your kids, based on the culture of parents that you set in your home, should like being home. They shouldn't feel like when they come home, they just get ground into powder every time they walk in the door. Let me know what I'm talking about. You set the culture of your home. Fight for your spouse and you'll delight in your spouse. That's a big thing right there. You know, you know the Bible says when two or, or more are gathered in his name, there I am among them, Right? Well, how many people are in a marriage? Two. My goodness, if you gather in your home in his name, you know, my goodness, you, you imagine the, the, the atmosphere of your home and the culture of your home? When you were both about Jesus and, and you're inviting Jesus in your home together, two or more are gathered, he's there among you. You set a culture in your home. There's a certain, uh, I would say, atmosphere, if you know what I mean when I, I, I use that word. But you're, you're home to be a shelter from the storm. So we've been encouraging you. The first thing you do is you pray and you fight for your home. You fight with the tenacity of faith. God's given you prayer. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. You fight for your home in prayer. And then last week we talked about then what you got to do with that is you have to learn to discern. What is of God and what is not of God? What is of good and what is of evil? And then protect your home. Don't let your home front door look like saloon doors. Remember we were saying that last week. No, no, it can be a door that can be shut and locked, and you can say no. Your home to be a shelter from the storm. But so much of the culture of your home is set by your attitude and the words that you say. By the way, let me just say that. This is not what I'm talking about today, but let me just say it. Your attitude and the words that you say mean so much to the culture of your home. In other words, how you interact with those that are in your home. You can say something, by the way, that, that is rightful to be said, but it doesn't mean you can say it however you want. That you know what I'm talking about. The things that you say, how you say it, attitude means a lot. You've got to be very purposeful in thinking about how is my home going to be a shelter of a storm and how am I going to be an instrument to make sure it is that way. You have to think about this. 
You must catch yourself when it's not that way and you're the cause, and you've got to work to do something about it. Some of this stuff doesn't change overnight, by the way. It doesn't change overnight. But you must work towards it. And there, there needs to be some Holy Spirit-led reflection on me. Sometimes the word I'm sorry has to come out. There's got to be a, a receiving forgiveness, yes. But how am I going to be an instrument of a shelter from the storm in my home? And you've you got to really think about this. Because your spouse... Even if you're the, you're the lady in the relationship, your spouse needs you to think that way. Guys, you need to think that way for your wife. You need to think about your kids and what they face and what they go through. That your home is not just another element to the storm, but your home is a shelter from it. So think that way and fight that way and be that way. Listen, you can talk about it all you want to, but till you become, it doesn't mean anything. I can, I can tell everybody in the world I'm nice. I can get a T-shirt made that says I'm nice with a big smiley face on, on the back. But if I walk around and I just act like a jerk to everybody, I can say I'm nice all I want to. I've got to change. Words are cheap when there's no action with them. Amen. Am I getting after you? Yes. Because I'm concerned for the long-term living of your marriage, of your kids, and big picture that should cover all of it, your relationship with Jesus. Let me tell you something. Right relationship with God helps you learn right relationship with other people. That is why I love God with everything you have, and the seconds like it, love your neighbors yourself. They go hand in hand. So I must learn how to grow in my relationship with him, and he will teach me how to be with other people. And that's not just the people you work with. That's your wife and your, and your husband, too. That's your kids also. Amen. I've got to be growing. And he'll teach me how to be then this way. Vertical, then he'll teach you horizontal. I got that right, I think. Yeah. Amen. Okay. So that's not what I was really wanting to get after you about today, but I just felt to say that because I'm, I'm sort of nearing the end of this. But I want to put a stamp on this. Make sure you are part of why the home is a shelter from the storm. So uh, second uh, Peter chapter number one. If you'll turn your Bibles there, we're going to start in verse number three. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Now, I must stop. There's a big, long, run-on sentence here that Peter's writing. By the way, Peter writes this, this letter, this epistle, at the end of his life, he was, he was executed uh, for his faith not long after he wrote this. But I like what he says here. The divine power of God has granted to you, to us, 
all that we need in pertaining to life and to godliness. His divine power has given you everything you need. You're not short in the department of what you need if you learn to look to him. Try to do it in your own wisdom, yep, you'll be short. You try to do it in your own power, yep, you'll fall short. If you try to do it in your own way, yep, you'll fall short. But if you will learn to lean on him and his wisdom and his power in his way, you will have everything you need. So when it comes to the storm and the, and the concern of the storm, what is your biggest fear? What's the thing that worries you the most? Let's say you're a parent and, and you have kids. What is the biggest fear that you have for your children when it comes to society and sin and the working of the enemy? What is it? Well, in him, you have all that you need to help train that child up in the way they should go. Amen. Don't fear. But what about when they go to make their own choices? The Holy Spirit does a good job. He's been doing a good job for, for as long as people have been around to do a good job with. And he's not going to stop doing a good job when it comes to your kid. Because guess what? For your kid, your kid has everything they need that pertains to godliness and life in him. You see what I'm getting at? So we are sufficiently supplied in what we need to live life as he's calling us to live it. So pick up that sentence again, verse 4. By which he has granted us his precious and very great promises. Amen. So that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. You have escaped. Amen. You have been forgiven. Amen. You are saved. Yes. He has everything you need to live. Live apart from it. Sheltered from the storm. It's in him. Now, there's some things that, that Peter begins to list here. and he, Like Paul often does, he makes a little list here of things to be aware of to grow in in your life. For this very reason... Make every effort to supplement your faith or your belief with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness or perseverance and perseverance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in a knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and Peter goes on to write some, some more things concerning this. But these things right here are important things to pay attention to because as Peter says, it, it, they help keep you fruitful. In other words, living the Christian life as you were called to live it. But there's one word in particular I want to draw out here. It's the word steadfastness or perseverance. Uh, Justice, if you haven't already, throw, throw the slide up that we have for today. Again, your family should be a shelter from the storm. Persevere. Be steadfast. In other words, 
Have a determination, have a resolve, persistence, have endurance. Perseverance is important. James chapter 1, we don't need to turn there. James chapter 1 says, you know, when your faith is tested, you know what? You can have joy in that because the testing of your faith develops what? Perseverance or steadfastness. And that developing of perseverance and steadfastness will, will help you become mature and complete. You will never be mature in the things of Jesus unless you learn perseverance. Because you never get to maturity if you quit. You never get to maturity if you give up. You never get to maturity if, if you step away. Amen. See, perseverance is needed to be mature, complete, and really ultimately end up finishing what you've been called to finish. So it's, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. So I, I brought the rope back up out again today. I know I had it out the first Sunday. A lot of you were here for that. But let, me, let me bring the rope back out today. So, so Judah, if you get that rope, and let's see. Joe, can you help me? Joe's, Joe's, Joe's going to be Jesus today. All right. Last time, uh, Gavin was Jesus, and, and Gavin's not here today. He's not feeling well, I don't think so. Put it around your waist. There you go. All right. There you go. I promise not to squeeze too tight, but I know you got abs of steel, so it don't matter. All right, so <clears throat> if Joe is Jesus, I've got to make sure that in everything that I do, I stay connected to him. Now, now, the first week when we used this, we used the rope. This was prayer. Prayer was a way that I stay connected to Jesus. Jesus is the anchor of life. Let me tell you something about Jesus. When the storm is raging and things are going crazy and the wind is whipping and all things seem like they're out of control, the anchor never moves. Right. How many know that Jesus does not change? The anchor never moves. Who ends up moving? Right here. So, so back in the day, you, how many ever studied uh, war history? Yeah, nobody but me. Anyways, okay, so... I know, I'm a nerd. Uh, I have a history degree. If you didn't know that, I got, I got my Bible degree. I also have a history degree just because I love history. I, I read a lot of history. So back in the day, uh, when war was, we would say, more primitive, not like today with all the technology, uh, there would be one person assigned with carrying the battle flag, the standard, it was called. It identified who you were. Not which side you were on, but sometimes very specifically a unit or, or whatever. When things got crazy and they needed to reestablish the line, you would look for the battle flag. And wherever the battle flag was, reestablish the line. That's why they say never let the colors hit the ground because there has to be something to be looked to. They looked for, where, where's, okay, we were reestablished there, right? Jesus 
is what we look to to reestablish ourselves. That's why when, when people come to me and say, things are going crazy, I'll say, what is God saying? I'm not sure what to do. What's the scripture say? Because it never moves. It doesn't change. But here's the thing. We are the one who changes. Because when things get crazy, we do this. And we often let go of the rope. And we start to become really tossed to and throw, throw from in the winds and the waves of life, and we become disconnected from him. You see that? What's needed to keep holding the rope is perseverance. Perseverance. When things get financially crazy and it seems like the storm is getting in your home, don't let go. Right? When you're fighting with your spouse and you can't seem to get through whatever the trouble is, don't let go. When your kids act in rebellious, it seems like they're going 100% opposite from what you were raising them in. Don't let go. Perseverance is needed. When it seems like the dreams you had in life aren't working out, don't let go. When you're having a physical problem, and it seems like that that's just wrecking the atmosphere of your home. Look, don't let go. See, I'm getting at. Too often when things get crazy, we do the worst thing in the world. We drop the rope because we're frustrated. Maybe we blame God. He, well, I feel like my prayers are being answered. Phew. You know what maturity is? Maturity is found in never letting go. As a matter of fact, maturity is found in knowing when to double down. Because some of y'all right now need to double down and stop being crazy. Can I say that? Stop being crazy. Stop letting the craziness out here get in here. Got to learn to double down. Because this is the only thing that will be in your life that will not change. Listen, I love my wife, but she's not Jesus. We are, we are well-to-do financially. We, I don't have any worries financially, but my finances are not Jesus. I can lose my finances tomorrow. I love all my kids, but my kids are not Jesus. I don't look to those things double down because this is what's going to keep me from just flailing everywhere. I may move around a little bit, but I'm connected. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you may say, all that I have left, and it doesn't even feel like I have it, all that I have left is faith the size of a mustard seed. That's enough. You may not feel like a spiritual giant today. Okay. Don't let go. Faith the size of a mustard seed is enough. And it will keep you connected to Jesus. Amen.
got to hold on. Now, why would I do that? Because I trust him. I trust that he's going to see me through. I trust that we say all these nice sounding things that he doesn't change. I trust that. I trust that when my marriage is a little crazy, he's the one that's going to help me see it through. I trust when my kid's being rebellious that he's going to do a work in their heart. I trust my finances are in flux. He's the provision maker. I trust that if my body's going crazy and things are going wrong, that he's going to see me through that too. I trust. So I double down and I persevere and I don't give up and I don't become double-minded and start losing go of the rope, and then I'm really tossed to and fro by the winds and the waves, as James says. This is, let me tell you something. This right here is the true mark of the Christian faith. I'm being honest with you. This right here is the true mark of the Christian faith, that I never let go. Because if I don't, then he's got me. Even if, even if you don't feel like you got the strength and you have to tie the rope because you don't even feel like you can hold on anymore, then tie yourself to the rope. Parents, let me tell you something. Moms and dads, grandparents, the single most greatest legacy and example you can leave your kids is that you never let go. You hear me? Here's what I know. Parents, we were not perfect. Not even close. But what I can show them in spite of it that I never let go. Because my kids and your kids, they see everything that goes on whether or not you realize it. They see it. They can sense it. But if they see through the life, life that you're going through things and the ups and downs, if they see this, what you're teaching them is when they have to make their own decisions, guess what they're going to probably going to do? The greatest example you can leave is the fact that you never let go. Because when you're, you're gone, someday you're going to be gone. You will be gone. You know what your kids are going to be doing? Their kids? Watch what I do. Look, look, life hasn't been easy, but let me show you something my mom and dad, even my grandparents showed me. I, I got to do a triple run. This is what we do when life gets hard. I've been around the church way too long, sometimes for my own frustrations. In other words, I've been around way too many people over the years that have done this and walked away. I've seen it a lot. It frustrates me. Because they're doing the worst thing imaginable. 
just because I didn't get it in the moment, just because I didn't think they could see a way through themselves, just because I didn't get an answer that made sense to them. They just, oh, phew. Right here. You want to be mature in the faith? Right here. This is why I love in the church the older, older generation that's been Christians for a long time. I love everybody anyways, but, but because... What the oldest generation in the church has been saved for a long time, what they teach us is this. How, how many in the room are older than 70? Let me see. Nothing to be ashamed of. You know, one, two, three. See all those hands? You know what they're showing us by being here today? That's what they're, teach, they're teaching us that. Let me, you raise your hands. Has your life been perfect? Yeah, Tish is like rolling her eyes. Are you kidding me? What kind of question? But you know what? Here's Tish and Rick right here. Right? Bill, Patsy, Emily, has your life been perfect? Not even close. But you know what? This is what they're doing. Tom's always in the back. I think Tom's going to live forever. He's back there. Tom, has your life been perfect? Man, you know what? Here's Tom. See what I'm getting at? That's legacy. That's example. Your home will stay a shelter from the storm because you learn how to persevere. Because it will see you through. Amen? Let me catch what I'm saying. All right, thank you, Joe. Get back out of that thing. All right. Yeah, Joe. Joe's, Joe's a good Jesus. Good example. So how about we do that? Now, you have to remember when I say this, for when things happen, nice little Sunday message. But are you going to dig in when you need to? That's the question. Are you going to fight? when you need to? That's the question. Are you going to be able to shut out when the enemy's trying to get the say in your head? When he's trying to, is that, that's the question. Even if you, all you got at the moment, you don't feel like a spiritual giant, but all you got is that faith the size of a mustard seed, are you going to stand in that faith? That's the question. Because here, here's what I promise you. This is not the first time. I've, I've been preaching now for, my goodness, 29 years. If I don't look old, that old, thank you. It is the first time I've talked about something like this. Guaranteed. But in that time, there's a whole lot of people sitting in a room just like this. That are like, hey, amen, yep, that's the way, yep, yep, yep. When rubber met the road, they didn't walk it through. What are you going to do? See what I'm getting at? Listen to me. That is maturity. That's maturity of the faith. Maturity. Immaturity is yep, yep, yep in a message, but then not living it out. Right? 
maturity. Fight for your home. Fight for your spouse. Fight for your kids. Fight for your grandkids. Fight for your church. Fight for your friends. Fight for them. Persevere. Because I believe, because I trust the anchor, I trust Jesus, I believe, as uh, the scriptures in Peter we're reading, that the promises of God are sure and true and will be. I believe. Therefore, I'm not letting go. Amen? Let's, let's stand up. Where's Kelsey? Austin here, too. He's going with you, right? Um, this, this is just so bittersweet. I hate it, but, but I think it's great. Kelsey and Austin, they're moving. They, they, they'll pop around every once in a while, but I know they're, they're heading up to Toledo, so we're going to bring them down. Come on down. We're going to pray with you guys before you go today. Um, and we had the honor of, of baptizing Kelsey last week, which was a wonderful thing. Um, let, let me pray, and then what I want is, and I want anybody who wants to, we're going to come down and gather around a family of faith prayer before, before they head out today. Lord, Lord, help us. I pray, Lord, that we are wise. I pray, Lord, that we are discerning. Help us, Lord, be really the things you intend us to be. That we take responsibility that we have of our family, of our, our friends, our church, the things that we're involved in. We take it seriously enough to know that, that the part we play is so vital that you would work through us and help us be instruments of the kingdom of God. And our families really are the, the shelters from the storm. That there is a, a protection there. there. There is a love there. There is an encouragement there. There is an admonishment there. There's a raising up there. We thank you for that. But I pray that nobody in this room ever lets go. Lord, Lord, if I could tie everybody to the rope, I would do it, but I can't. I pray there's a determination within them that they will never let go. See, all the things you called us to are long-term, long-term marriage, long-term raising of our kids, long-term discipleship. Lord, Lord, we see it takes perseverance to do this long-term. Lord, thank you for helping us, but I pray we do what we can do to help see it through. We praise you today. We worship you today for that. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. All right, if you want to help us pray, come on down. Let's join together this morning. You're going to step up here. Now, we love you guys, and we expect to see you now and then. Yes. And when you come back, we'll be like you never left. You always have a family of faith right here. That will never change. Even Austin's allowed to come back. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, Lord, we thank you for, for Chelsea, uh, Kelsey and Austin. 
Lord, as they venture out and, and head up to Toledo, we pray your blessings upon them. Yes. Your protection is upon them. I pray a double portion of wisdom for the things they are doing and, and, and uh, the things they're involved in. Kelsey, with, with the job and, and Austin at school, Lord, I pray that you just you open up friendships, Lord. I pray, Lord, that, uh, uh, that there's, there's help there. I pray, Lord, that financially they're secure. All things work out above and beyond the, what's necessary. We thank you for that. I pray, Lord, they find a church home that's it, it's yes. good as this one, and they're out there, Lord. So a family of faith will accept them like they're accepted here. I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that, that you're just surrounding them the entire time, and when we get to see them again, it's always a celebration of a reunion. Yes. We thank you for that. So blessing on their move. In Jesus' name, we all said Amen. Amen. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Well, it's good to have you today, Wednesday night. Come on back. Next Sunday, invite somebody out. We'll have a wonderful time next week. Be blessed as you go. Have a very good week.